I'm so glad to be here today. I'm glad you're here today. If this is your first time, welcome to Mount Airy. Um, our pastor is away today. He's with his family. Uh, Lisa's birthday, his wife's birthday was Friday, and so they got away for a little bit, and so he asked me to come and uh, come and preach, and so I was excited to. Usually, it's been a while since I've been here because of other duties that, that I do on Sunday morning, and so I feel like today I can do that, so I'm glad to be here with you. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. We are going to continue the series that our pastor started, and I'm going to say this like my son Jack. If you know Jack, then you, you know but this is how he says it. Jesus said, what? And um, so we've got a kick out of that around the table, and uh, we are going to continue that series. Jesus said, what? And, um, but I want to I pray first. Father God, we just thank you for allowing us to be here. Uh, thank you for allowing us to uh, hear your word and hear from you, God. And worshiping you, Father, through music, through the message. God, we pray that you would be glorified in everything that is said today. Everything that we do, even the response to your word, Father, may you receive all glory. God, we just pray that your spirit would just move in this place today. Fill me, enable me, God, to speak boldly and with clarity the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to get in there and we're going to look at a couple of verses and a really short passage today. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 is where we're going to start. Many of you know this, this chunk of Scripture is the Sermon on the Mount uh, that Jesus kind of kicked off his ministry with and went through a bunch of things and, and said a lot of things to, to the crowd. And uh, this is one of those things that he said that was just like, huh? You know, the pastor talked last week about the whole hatred of family. How could I do that? Why would I do that? Why would Jesus ask us to do that? And we see the importance of that and what he meant really behind that was if Jesus ain't first in our life, then there ain't nothing right in our life. Am I right? Um, and so we have to understand these things that Jesus says. But as I was preparing for this message today, one of the things just kept rolling my head. What are those things I would never want to hear somebody say? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I asked my kids and, and my wife last night at supper, we were just talking, and I said, what are some things you would never want us to say as your parents? And Hallie said that we're getting a spider. And so I said, it's probably not going to happen because of your mother, so don't worry about that one. But seriously, what are some things that you never want to hear? And, you know, I, I started thinking about this week, what, what are the things that I hated hearing my kids say, because I've heard this, and I'm a bad parent, I guess, but I've heard them say this, you're such a mean parent. Anybody heard that? Thank you. Make me feel better. Uh, I'm not a bad parent, maybe, or all of us are bad parents. But, uh, you know, you never want to hear your kids say, or, or even this, I know I've, I probably said this as a kid, and I'm doing this now that it's not recorded, my mom's not hearing this, but I'm sure there was probably times in my life, in my, my hoodlum days, um, in my sinner days, before Christ days, where I hate you. You know what I'm talking about? We've said, I said that to my parents, and knowing I didn't mean it, it was just in the heat of the moment we say things, but things that we never want to hear. I asked my wife, I said, what, what would you never want to hear me say? And I was thinking what she said, and she said that you don't love me anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Those things that we never want to hear, uh, things that many of us in our sanctuary and our church have heard, you've got cancer. You have three months to live. Things that we never want to hear come out of somebody's mouth. And here in chapter 7, Jesus says something that I, I thought this week as I just kind of 
was just burdened over this passage. I would never want to hear these words come out of Jesus' mouth. When it's dealing with me or dealing with family member or friends or anybody, we would never want to hear this. Let's look at this. Look what it says. In, In chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them, plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. I never knew you. I don't know about you, but I think that would sting worse than my wife saying she doesn't love me anymore. Think about it. This is eternity we're talking about. My life after death depends on this. And there are many people here today in the LC, in the first service, in all the churches around the world that never knew Jesus. And Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. you probably, some of you probably heard this from Billy Graham. Billy Graham used to say that probably 75% of the people that attend church today are lost. I read that there were many evangelists. They would give different numbers around that, and they would say 85 or 70 or 65, and all these numbers go out there. And I don't know the exact number. I don't know exactly where it falls. I think only one knows that. But I would agree that there's probably a lot of people that are sitting in churches today that do not know Christ. And Christ would say, I never knew you. I mean, look at what he says. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Guys, this is a very important passage, and he's saying this to these people on the Sermon on the Mount for a wake-up call. This is a warning to them. He's fresh on the ground. This is kind of his, his first message to the people, and he says, listen, just because you cry out, Lord, Lord, doesn't mean you're getting into the kingdom of heaven. The only those that do the will of the Father are getting into heaven. I, I want to introduce you to my four chairs here. You probably wonder, what was it? Kyle asked me, he said, where'd the pulpit go? I said, well, you can do whatever you want when the pastor leaves. And uh, <laughs> I brought these four chairs up, and I want, I want to introduce you to some people. We all know people like this. This right here is the chair Jesus is talking about. There'll be many people on that day before Jesus that stands there and he says, I never knew you. This is chair number three. This chair right here are the people that don't know, but they think they know. You know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever met somebody that thinks they know it all, but they don't know? I used to be like that. Probably still am. These are the people that think they know. In the, in the passage in chapter 7, you remember what it said? They, they came to Jesus. He said, he said you know, they, they said, did we not? Did we not preach in your name? Did we not do many miracles? Did we not cast out demons? And Jesus said, I don't know you. There are many people listening to my voice today that are sitting in this chair thinking they know, but they don't. And the reason I said it's a wake-up call and a warning is this, so that we can begin to examine our hearts, begin to look deep inside of us and say, this chair, do I know? You see, this chair is the nose. They know they know. 
And you know what's cool about this chair is it's evident that they know. Have you ever met anybody that as soon as you met them, you knew they knew Christ? It was just like they were beaming with Christ. And, and, and this, this past few Wednesdays, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and what a beautiful picture that this chair shows that these people are filled with the Spirit. It's not that they got any more spirit than me. It's just they're using it and being obedient. See, something's happening to these people. Something happened when they trusted in Christ. When they came to know Christ, something changed in them. Chapter 7, verse 21, it says what? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the ones who do the will of my Father, they will. See, there's, there's this idea that, you know what, God, I'm so in love with you. I so love what you've done for me that you would even want to know me, that you would even want to know my name, that you would even want to have a relationship with me. Because of that, I want to do everything I can for you. Not just to do stuff, but to be obedient to your word. See, these people know they know. These people think they know. <laughs> This is a dangerous chair to be in. Because week in and week out, we come and we sit in these pews. Week in, week out, we come and we attend church. And we even serve. I've seen deacons be deacons for years and years and years sitting in this chair. Comfortable. Because this chair is just as comfortable as this chair. They think they know come to find out they haven't see I'm saying this today and Jesus said what he's saying this today to you to say this wake up wake up and know this that the things that you do the stuff that we fill our lives with even preaching in Jesus name that's not what gets you in the know these people know they know let, let me show you in 1 John go to 1 John chapter 2 I, I want to show you how they know they know. Because there's a way for you to know you know. And, and it's right here in God's word. And, and John, the disciple, as he walked with Jesus for three years, he wrote another book. And it's called First John. And he wrote some words to help us to understand how we can know. Because John knew he knew. John followed the one that he knew. And Jesus knew John. And John wrote these words in chapter 2 of First John. Chapter 2, verse 3. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. This is not rocket science, guys, right here. This is easy. This is simple. If we know him, we what? We obey him. John's not trying to be difficult. He's not writing to PhD people. He's writing to regular, ordinary members saying, listen, you can know that you know Christ because you're obedient to Christ. Now, one thing I want you to understand, he didn't say, hey, if you obey Christ, you'll, you'll get to know him. He'll know you because you are obedient. No, 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 no. It is only because of the grace of God that I can even sit in this chair. It is only because of his love and his mercy that he allows me to be in this chair to know him and for him to know my name. But because of that grace and mercy, you know what happens? Results. Because the gospel changes us. 
Why are so many people so much more on fire for God than other people? Because they know, they know the gospel has impacted their hearts and their lives so much that they're willing to do whatever God has called them to do. Look at the disciples in the book of Acts. I I think this is why the Holy Spirit freaks us out a little bit because we see this and we see the disciples were spirit-filled. They were filled with the Spirit. And we think, man, if I could just get that. If, if the Lord would just fill me, well, let me, let me tell you something. If you know, you're already filled. I, I told him Wednesday, I gave a, a glass of water and I filled it up. I said, this is what happens when we come to know God. When we trust and obey, he fills us up with the spirit. That, that, fill, that fullness is the same for me, for the disciples, for you, for anybody. Billy Graham, same amount of spirit because the spirit's a person. You don't get half of the Spirit. You don't get part of the Spirit. You get all the Spirit. And the Spirit of God lives in us. When we come to know Christ, we know we know because all of a sudden the gospel begins to change us. And I want to serve Him. I want to love Him more because I know He knows me. We know that we know. We know because if we obey His commands, the man who says, I know Him but does not do What he commands, John calls this guy a liar. I mean, I tell you kids, don't don't call others liars, even if they're lying. You know, we don't you know don't want to say that word. John says, these guys are liars. They think they know. They think they're no, but their heart is far from knowing. Their heart is far from God. Their heart is not near God because all of a sudden, they're doing things just to do things, to be seen by people, to, to, to feel good about themselves, to, 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 because they think that's how I get to know God. Then he says this in verse 5 of chapter 2, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we know him, if we walk as Jesus walked. There it is. How can you know that you know that you know that he knows? Gospel changes us. If obedience is not flowing out of your life and out of your mouth, then maybe, maybe you're sitting here. Maybe, just maybe, every week you come in here, you think, God, I feel so empty. I feel so drained. I feel so weak. I feel like I don't know you. Maybe it's because you don't. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Some people will walk up to Jesus on that day and say, Lord, Lord. And he says, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Some people are going to come up and with a look on their face, Lord, Lord. And Jesus says, who are you? I'm going to tell you, it breaks my heart knowing that there are people sitting in this room today, sitting in this chair, thinking that everything is fine when they honestly, truly do not know Christ. Because when you know Christ, Christ changes you. Now you say, well, what about the other two chairs, Chris? One and two. The haves and the have-nots. These, they don't know. They don't know because they haven't heard. Aren't you glad you're part of a church that wants to help the, not, the have not heards? That wants to go to the people that have not heard to take the gospel to them so that they have a chance and an opportunity just like we all had. These don't know. 
These will be some of them that stand before Jesus on that day. And, and Jesus says, I don't know you. Because they've never heard the gospel. So chair four says, listen, God, I love you so much. God, what do you want to do with my life? What, I, I surrender everything. I want the spirit to lead me, enable me to do whatever you want me to do. And he says, well, then I want you to take the gospel to those that have not. I want you to take the gospel to those people that have never heard the gospel. And then you got chair two. These are the people that have, they have. They don't know, but they have heard the gospel. These don't know Christ. They haven't heard, but these have heard and yet have not responded to the gospel. We, we work with a lot of these people, don't we? Maybe one of these lives in our house. See, see what I want today to be is not so much just a, a good fluff message that we can walk out of here and go, wow, that was really good, Chris. Thank you so much. Wow, he's so good. I, I want to tell you something. I, I don't really care about being good up here. What I want to do is I want to have you open your ears to the Spirit's calling on your life and say, where am I? Because this right here is really all that matters. When eternity is on the line, this is what matters. And why did Jesus say this to them on the Sermon on the Mount? I think because he knew this is why I came. Have heards, haven't heards. Eh, I've heard it, and I know. No, you don't. How can I know that I know that he knows me? You can know that. Say what? Well, I, don't, I don't know how I know. What is this good news? What is this gospel? Let me, let me just walk you through this real quick. Very simply, the best way that I know how, Jesus came. See, Jesus came. Because God sent his son, because he knew that there had to be a solution. There was a solution to fix the problem of sin in my life. The brokenness in my life, the emptiness in my life, it was all caused by sin. And every single one of us is born into sin. Every single one of us has to admit that we know we're sinners. And it's not too hard to admit that, is it not? I remember having my first child and I was like, and, and when they would do things I tell them not to do, or they, I'm like, you little sinner. The Bible says it, you're a sinner. And we all are like that. We all do things. We all do things against God, and, and what God's design is, we go against. But Jesus came. Jesus walked this earth, and he walked perfectly. Because the sacrifice had to be perfect. And so Jesus walked. He showed us how to live. He taught us things about how to live and how to come into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save the lost. And so Jesus came and Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven for eternity. See, God wants to know you. Every single one of us in this room, every single person in this world, God wants to know. Everybody that he ever created in the past, God wanted to know. So he sent his son to die on the cross so that you could be known by God and that God died. Died for you and for me and so that we can know. Jesus came, Jesus died, but Jesus also rose. 
What a beautiful picture to know that God did not leave Jesus dead in, in, in the ground. And that was God's plan all along. It wasn't like three days later God said, well, I better get him up. It wasn't like God said, well, man, that didn't work. Let me, let me bring him up and maybe that'll work. No, God's plan all along was this, that Jesus would die for our sins, be buried, so that we would know he died and that we would know that he lives again. So God raised him from the dead. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How do I know that I know that he knows me? Is if I confess and I believe in that fact that God raised Jesus from the dead for me. Jesus came, Jesus died, and Jesus rose. Simple as that. Maybe in your head you're thinking right now, well, Chris, what do I do? I, I, I've been sitting in this chair for so long. If I walk the aisle right now, people are going to stare. Well, let me, can I give you something? Who cares? Right? Who cares? Because you know what? This chair right here means that God knows you. That you know God. And he's changed you and he's done something in your heart. This chair right here gets you nowhere. It maybe gets you some accolades here on earth. It may bring success while you're here on this earth. But this chair for eternity brings you nothing but death and separation from God. What a sad picture. I'm not saying this to embarrass you. I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. To, to any of that, I'm saying this to warn you. This is what Jesus says. I'm sure Jesus' heart, as he said those words, his heart breaks with compassion, thinking, I don't want to say this thing. God wants to know you. God wants to know you today. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest things you can ever do is if you just trust and obey him. If you'll just repent and believe, turn from your sins, turn to God. Today, you can know God as your Lord and Savior. And if you make that decision today, guess what? When that day comes and you stand before God and you stand before Jesus in heaven and Jesus looks at you, he will say this, well done my good and faithful servant. Because it is not anything I have done or will do in my life. It is what Christ did on the cross over 2,000 years ago for you. The only reason that I get to say that I know God and God knows me is because of his son, Jesus Christ. He came, he died, and he rose again so that you can live. Now listen to me. Do not... Do not walk out of here even with any doubt in your heart. I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. I'm not trying to worry you into heaven. I'm just saying this, clear it up today. There are people here that can talk to you. There are people here that can walk you through the scriptures to help you understand what it means. Maybe just to clear it up. Maybe you're just sitting on the fence and you're going, I just don't know. Don't come to that day. And hear the words Jesus says, I never knew you. Apart from me. Church, today, I'm begging you. Begging you. Do not ignore the voice of God. Oftentimes when we start to feel something inside speaking to us, 
that small voice that's saying, this is you, this is where you are. All I'm saying today is be obedient. Listen to that voice. Would you come this morning? Would you say, I need to know, I need to nail this down, I want to know for sure? Or Chris, you know what, I've never heard it, and, and, and here you have said Jesus came, he died, he rose, and I want that for my life, I need that for my life. We're going to sing a song in just a second. And during this song, I just want you to come. If you say, you know what, I need Christ in my life, I need to share this thing up, I need to make sure, you answer yes, and you walk down this aisle, and you do that now. Don't wait, don't stop, don't hold on to the back of the pew thinking, I got tomorrow. Listen to me, today's the day God's calling. His invitation is open. This could be the last invitation that we ever hear. Would you pray with me, Father God? I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness and grace and mercy. Lord, I pray right now for those that are in this room, God, I pray, God, they would just listen to you. Maybe they're sitting there and, and they, they thought because of all the things they've done, because of all the stuff they have in their life that they know you, because they've been in church all their life, their parents grew up in church, their grandparents grew up in church and they think they're, they're safe because of that. God, I pray that you would just show them they need you in their life. All they have to do is trust and repent and believe in you, God. Lord, I pray that you would just convict and show them God, would you draw those people here today? God, would you work in their lives so the gospel can transform them and make them new? God, I pray for those that know, they know. God, I pray that it would be evident as they go out, as they go to work, as they go to school, as they go wherever they go in their life. God, I pray that it would be evident what you're doing in their life. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Head still bowed and eyes still closed. I want to say this to you today. God wants to know you. Hopefully today there's nothing standing in the way. You just surrender your life to him. I promise you there will be transformation that takes place in your life. There will be peace, completeness, joy, and satisfaction. You come today. During this song, you come. Don't wait. Don't, don't, don't put it off until the second verse. You just go, get up and go and come. God is speaking to you today. You move. You move.